Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Today's episode of the All Angels Podcast is brought to you by SportsDrink, your digital water cooler. SportsDrink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They are here to help us grow and hate your favorite team. A rising tide floats all boats, so go check them out online and on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at S-P-R-T-S-D-R-N-K. Spelled like sports drink without the vowels. Oh, got it, got it, got it! 33! Center field, Marsh leaps, and he got it! It normally. High fly ball, deep left field. Oh, 27. Does it again. For this year. Wall sends it well out to left center field. And it's gone. He went to Jared. Way This is Brandon Marsh, the Los Angeles Angels baseball. You listen to All Angels Podcasts. And welcome to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Garcia. And this is a yearly tradition that I am very excited to keep on going. And that is this Mother's Day special. In years past, I believe the very first year I did this, I talked to Sonia Marsh, the mother of now Angels outfielder, Brandon Marsh. At the time, I believe he was still in double A. So you kind of got that perspective from his mom and Obviously, the draft stories and all that stuff, him come growing up, you got all that. Last year, I talked to Debbie Skaggs, obviously the mother of the late Tyler Skaggs. We talked about Tyler's growing up and him playing baseball as a kid, him in the majors, and obviously the Tyler Skaggs Foundation and what they do for the community. So those two women are awesome. Had a lot of fun talking to those two women. And, uh, you know, I, I wanted to keep it going. And I wanted to try to figure out someone to talk to now for this for this year, for this Mother's Day. And a mom that I've been, um, I guess, close to in, in a way um, since the Arizona Fall League of 2019. And just with uh, her son's call up last year well, is Alana Hicks, the mother of Angels reliever Austin Warren. And since I've met her in 2019 at uh, the Arizona Fall League out in Mesa, we have kept in contact through, you know, obviously Halo Haven and and just watching kind of side by side Austin's progression through the system. And then last year, Austin obviously getting the call up. We talk about that. Um, it was great meeting her again or seeing her again then and just kind of sharing in that moment of Austin getting to the pinnacle and that is on a major league roster playing in a major league game. So we talk about that. We talk about Austin growing up. We talk about her feelings about, you know, what she was going through at certain times and what her thoughts were at certain times in Austin's development. So it was a lot, a lot of fun. So 
happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Um, obviously, this holiday is for you, and, and you can't put into words what uh, a baseball mom has to de- deal with or just a sports mom in general. So I really hope you enjoy this interview I did with Alana Hicks. So on this special Mother's Day edition of the All Angels podcast, I'd like to welcome Alana Hicks, the mother of Austin Warren. Alana, how are you doing today? I am well. I hope you are. Thank you. I am doing wonderful. And I want to wish you a happy early Mother's Day because, you know, mother's jobs are hard out there. You know, everyone has one and you, you probably have a little bit more stress when your son's out there than, than the average. So I want to say a happy early Mother's Day to you. Thank you. Thank you. So obviously Austin Warren kind of came out, I'm not say out of nowhere, maybe for the casual fan, but if you followed his story through the minors and his, especially what stood out to me, his time in Inland Empire, he was an all-star there. He went to the Arizona Fall League, but I kind of want to go back a little bit to when Austin started playing baseball. When, at what age did you start getting him involved in, in sports in general? Um, very early. I think he came home from the um, hospital in the Chicago White Sox because <laughs> <laughs> um, that was his dad's team. Um, but he grew up going to Cincinnati Red Games. But anyhow, him, he started at an early age. He actually um, started a year earlier than anything organized because I would always go to the rec center and ask this guy, you know, could Austin play up or you know could he could he join and we always had neighbors that coached so they would vouch for austin and say you know yes let's get austin out there so he started t-ball um at a very young age and you know t-ball some of the boys don't know where to go or you know it's just it's fun for parents to watch austin was like we have dogs that play with if you throw a tennis ball, they want to chase it all day long. And mm-hmm. you have to hide the tennis ball to keep the dog away from you. <laughs> and that's what also reminded me on the field. You know, wherever, if he was playing near the third base area and the ball was hit toward the first base, he would cross <laughs> the field to go field it. And, you know, I'm sure all the other parents were like, keep that kid on his side of the field. But I always had video cameras and you can hear me always laughing and, it's just so determined and dog-eyed where other boys were picking the daisies out in the grass yeah you know but he just he started young and then throughout the years if it was the seven-year-old league seven eight-year-olds he was playing in that one as a five and six-year-old as little as he is now he was little then (laughs) and that reminds me too i I had a friend who had uh coached his son in t-ball and he tells me it's like a like a beehive and like the ball is like the queen and then wherever it goes that's where they go so yeah i I, i've heard that story from a lot of a lot of t-ball uh t-ball parents you know what other sports was austin involved in was it strictly just baseball or was he like a multi-sport kind of kid growing up he he did it all. He played soccer. He played football. He played basketball. Um, a great bowler. He's actually yeah. finished third in the state championship um, for bowling. Doing some research on you before we do this interview. Um, I went to your college like bio and reading your college bio, there was something that kind of stuck out and where I had to read it, I think, twice. It said in high school you were all conference bowler. Is that true? 
Yeah, I actually was. Uh, I believe it was my junior year. Is, that, is, is bowling something you did as a kid and just kind of like, oh, there's a team, okay, cool, I'm going to do it? Or was it just something you picked up for fun maybe, you know, in your high school years? Nah, as a kid, I used to, me and my cousin used to bowl with my grandma. She was in a league, so we always used to go out there and bowl, I don't know how many nights a week, but it felt like every week or every day. But uh, honestly, like, I mean, I didn't bowl, like, growing up, like, after when, after I went with my grandma, but high school came around and found out there was a bowling team and I knew the coach. He was actually my teacher, an English teacher. So me and some boys on the baseball team just went out, try out, and honestly, I mean, we put up good numbers, I guess, and soon enough, like, practicing every day, I started started getting a feel for it, but, uh, I mean, I was I was probably averaging in the 200s and stuff like that. It was crazy. But my mom was actually a, a Nebraska state championship back in the day. So oh, wow. I guess I got it from her. Yeah, I got the, the <laughs> I got lineage. To her. Yeah. That he kind of just, he did it for fun, but then he started playing in high school or rolling, whatever you call it, joined the team <laughs> in high school um, just to have something to do between until baseball season started, he and some guys and ended up playing or finishing third in the state. He really is, has been quite active. Anything he touches, he, he does pretty well in. He's an incredible golfer. I've heard plenty of stories from a number yeah. of uh, angel players and former teammates and stuff like that. I've heard, I've heard stories. Yeah. If, if, if in North Carolina, men's golf was in a fall season instead of the same time as spring baseball, um, I think he'd have done quite well in high school <laughs> with golf, but yeah, he's just, he's very competitive. So he likes to do stuff and, you know, he doesn't do it for fun. He does it to compete. So he did it all. We had fun watching him growing up. Yeah. I mean, you kind of do have to have that competitive nature to get to the level he's at now. I don't think you can be very passive in that situation and, and make it to the major leagues, let alone, you know, college and, and the minors and all that stuff. So Coming into coming into high school, like you mentioned, he he would play multiple st- sports. Do you was there a certain maybe not a certain time, but a maybe time period where you felt like, wow, he can you know go to college? Maybe not major league baseball right away, but you're you, in the back of your mind, it's like, wow, he can actually do this for like you know beyond high school. You know that's what you want. Um, but Austin always made all conference, all you know, all regions stuff like that. But he never got those looks for college. Um, because of his size, um, you know, he, he had highest batting averages and fielding <laughs> percents and this and that, but he just wasn't getting the looks. Um, so come his senior year, um, he was, we went to Methodist College or Methodist University here in Fayetteville for a campus tour, you know, right here in our town. Um, and actually the coach of the baseball team at Meth- Methodist College would allow Austin to come to his summer camps and hitting camps as a eight-year-old when it was the high school level guys that were supposed to be there because, you know, he knew Austin and knew Austin could play. Um, So that's another thing about playing (laughs) up. But anyhow, um, the Methodist College coach, university now, um, always had his eye on Austin. So we did a campus tour with um, Austin and his dad and I in December 
And Austin's body language throughout the whole tour was just kind of, and uh, the college is, you know, miles from the house, very nice campus, but you could tell Austin didn't want to go there, but you could tell his dad wanted him there. (laughs) uh, I think Austin got a little worried that we were going to force him to go to Methodist. So he started talking about maybe he wouldn't play college baseball. And I was letting him, you know, voice his opinion. Uh, but over the Christmas break, I was preparing him to uh, go on a hunting trip and pack in. And I remember standing in front of the washer and dryer and, and saying to him, you know, Austin, I've been thinking about this all month and you are only 17 years old and I'm not letting you make this decision about going to college to play baseball. You know, you're only 17. So I don't care where you go. You don't have to go to Methodist, but you will go somewhere and you will play college baseball. And he said, okay, <laughs> that was the end of it. So you, there's, there was no pushback. There was no, I mean, cause I think of myself as, as a 17, 18 year old, and I wasn't necessarily the best kid when it comes to a lot of stuff like that, where it's like, you're telling me what to do. You kind of feel like you already have all the knowledge in the world. So there was no pushback. There was no, well, but kind of thing. He was just, okay. Not at all. Just, okay. But you know, nobody was crawling out of the woodwork for him either. You know, it was just Methodist. So the next month is when he, in January, when he had the opportunity to go to Wake Tech Community College, which is in Raleigh. Um, We, I took him on a Saturday with another teammate and his mother and we toured the campus and the boys got to see things. And I, you know, these were big boys. And still, I was like, gosh, Austin's so small. But uh, on the ride home, uh, we were in separate cars. His friend called him and said, hey, I just, I told him, I, you know, I called back and told him I was coming. I committed. So Austin and I talked the rest of the way home. And he said, you know, what do you think? And I said, you know, I'm fine with that. You know, I was impressed with the campus and the the educational part of Wake Tech. So you know, I don't see any problem with it. Let your dad know. So that, that week, um, Wake Tech called and, you know, he committed to the community college, the junior college, JUCO. Um, so that was it. That's where it really all started, you know, the eyes on him. The first year he played middle infield only. Wow. Um, and uh, again, my Keely had a, a friend who had a friend. Uh, that played at Wake Tech, and he had made the comment that Austin would, Keeley's friend, that Austin would not be a college baseball player, that you know, he wouldn't make it, especially wouldn't make it over his friend as the middle infielder. And uh, lo and behold, fall they do a fall baseball, and Austin was a starter in the middle infield. And <laughs> um, by this spring season, he um, had a very good year at bat and then you know he he played every game every you know either shortstop or second base and then um it was over the that summer that he was playing legion ball and needed a pitcher one night and austin said i'll give it a shot (laughs) and he he did very well um (laughs) and then went back to wake tech for year two and said, Hey, you know, I got to pitch some this summer and the coaches, you know, yeah, we've, we've heard, you know, your, your name's out there. And then he started pitching and um, he would pitch. How did that work? I think there were like three games every weekend. So he, he would maybe start, he went between the three positions. 
short a rotation. Yep, shortstop pitch and then second base after he would pitch a game, you know, so he wouldn't have to throw as far or whatever. But uh, played both ways, obviously, and made an, an all region X team and I think finished with a 1.68 ish ERA and a heck of a lot more strikeouts than he did walks. And that's when Wake, I mean, that's when UNCW um, got his, a hold of his name and um, kept saying they would come out to see him, but just never could make it. And, and a lot of other colleges had were offering him all kinds of offers. And we were, his father and I were very <laughs> excited about that. <laughs> and, uh, but he just kind of kept holding out for UNCW. And I remember it being a Tuesday night that UNCW notified Wake Tech and said, you know, tell Warren to take his best offer. We just don't have anything for him. Oh. And, and he was, you know, a little upset. Um, and answers were due to some other programs within the next couple of days. And then all of a sudden UNCW showed up on a Thursday out of practice in Raleigh and said, you know, told him, Hey, you know, we, I like what I see. We'll, we'll take you. We don't have anything for you, but you know, come on, you'd be a preferred walk on kind of oh. deal. And, uh, junior year at UNCW, he had an okay year. You know, he was a starter for some games and got some big wins against like Maryland and some other D strong D one programs that I can't think of right now. <laughs> um, and then, um, it was the second year that he really just took off. He, he went to relieving only and, uh, you know, middle reliever, the setup guy, is that what they call it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, just had an incredible year. Eight wins, no losses, two saves, a 1.81 ERA, I believe. Wow. Um, a lot of, you know, I remember, um, you know, the scouts coming out to games that first year. And um, Austin was a junior. And he would come in in relief and the guns would go down. Or even on the nights that he started, there really weren't too many scouts out there. Mm. Um, and then by, you know, the first few games, months, several weeks of that senior season, all of a sudden you start noticing that the guns are on Austin. And, you know, I traveled to every game. By then my brother's son was on the team. So we traveled out to Phoenix and played Arizona State. And Austin had a big win against them. And, we just traveled everywhere, but one game I couldn't, or one series I could not go to up in Delaware because that's when Keeley was going to work for the airlines and I stayed behind to get some things ready um, for her. And I remember being at her house, you know, cleaning some things up and um, I was listening to it on the radio. The game went into a rain delay, but I had it on, you know, where I could go room to room and I heard the announcers, the game coming back in, and they said, you know, okay, fans, or, you know, okay, listeners, you know, we're coming back. Uh, the fans are starting to show up. Oh, wait a minute. Those aren't the fans. Those aren't fans. Those are the scouts here to see Austin Warren. Oh. <laughs> it was like, holy cow. Um, so he was recognized and, and filled out an awful lot of papers for, you know, the commit, not commitment, but interest forms or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, from a lot of programs, it would be easier to tell you what teams he didn't hear from. 
angels really took an interest at his conference tournament, somehow called Keeley. We, <laughs> I was not responsible for helping him get some of that those forms filled out. <laughs> I must Keeley's number because she was on a layover somewhere when the day after that conference tournament and the scout from the angels called her cell phone and she said, well, you've got his sister and here's his number. <laughs> we laugh about that a lot. And I think we really answered her phone. Right. <laughs> and then it happened. You, you know, you, you talked about too, when he was younger, also being smaller than, you know, other kids, his size, other guys, his size. Has he had a chip on his shoulder to kind of prove that he can play with these guys, you know, all through high school, all through J- uh, JUCO, all through all through college? Has that been like a, a thing of his or no? I wouldn't call it a chip. Um, he's just so competitive. He likes to compete and doesn't like to lose. Um, that's how I would see it or, and say it, you know. It was the same way in the classroom. You know, if you're going to take a test, by golly, you know, better get the best grade. (laughs) (laughs) You get the best score on something. He's just very competitive. Um, He had two uh, cousins or several boy cousins, but they, everything was a competition, you know, with a stick or a ball or a casting the fishing line, who could cast the farthest, who could catch the most fish, who could, um, you know, just everything, throw the stick the farthest. Can you throw that rock? And can you hit that second limb and the third leaf of that tallest? <laughs> I mean, just everything was a competition. Um, so, so I wouldn't say a chip, just the, the need to six, to uh, compete. Yes. I mean, and that'll, that'll carry you, like I said, that'll carry you a long ways too. So you mentioned he goes to uh, UNC Willington uh, for his junior, senior year. All this interest is is now upon him, and now you come to the 2018 draft. Coming into that process where, okay, the scouts are in contact with you, you you fill out, all like you said, all the paperwork and all that stuff, so now it's like draft day. Do you remember the feelings you had? Do you remember kind of how Austin was? Was he nervous? Was he just kind of laid back cool? What do you remember about the actual draft day? Well, we weren't together. Um, We were back home in Fayetteville. We had just gotten back. Um, from the NCAA regional tournament where we lost to South Carolina on the final day. So Austin went back to Wilmington with the team and we came back home and we were back at work. And um, the night before in those first three rounds, did they two rounds, three rounds? I think it was three back then, but but yeah, there was a couple rounds. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it was the night before, um, UNCW's Ryan Jeffers went, I think, in the second round. Um, so I was aware the draft was happening. Um, and then that next day, I was off in a meeting um, out of town, driving back home when Austin texted his dad and I and said, the Angels are getting ready to pick me in the sixth round. And I pulled the car off. I was going to say, <laughs> Like, what does that mean? (laughs) And um, he said, the angels are getting ready to pick me in the sixth round. What do you think? And neither his dad nor I replied. You know, his dad was at work and I hadn't called him like, what? You know, I needed to look for myself. And then um, he he texted again. Are you going to answer me? (laughs) So 
So I wrote back something along the lines of you're going to be the best dang angel they ever had. And, you know, his dad said his piece, you know, go for it. Absolutely. And um, I remember it was June 5th. 2018. It was my dad's 80th birthday. Oh, wow. Happened to be here in Fayetteville from Ohio. Um, he'd been down here for the tournaments and uh, I was trying to get home or get to my house to, to let my dad know. And uh, I had to stop at a, a store to get some pictures developed that I had made for my dad's birthday and uh, couldn't get out of there fast enough and I couldn't get home. We, we kind of live out in the, the country a little and I'd crossed the river, the bridge over the river and had the, um, yep, I was streaming it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I had to pull off the road to, to watch it and uh, just crazy. And, and the funny thing is, you know, they always do the, you know, right after somebody's drafted, they have video ready and, and words to express, you know, what this person's done. And they had nothing on Austin. <laughs> <laughs> they were surprised and even said they were surprised. And if I remember correctly, I think he was the first senior to go in the draft. But I mean, just, just the fact that he got drafted again in the sixth, sixth round, 181st pick overall, what, you know, was there like some kind of relief over you? Like, wow, like even if, you know, heaven forbid that he never makes it to the majors or anything like that, but he can say for the rest of his life, I was drafted by an MLB player. Was there or MLB team? Was there some kind of like relief? Like, wow, like that something that only so many people ever experience in their life. Yeah. I've been using the word surreal since the day it happened, you know, since the draft happened and then, the moving up each uh, level and then of course getting up there to Anaheim to LA, the angels. Um, okay, you can say Anaheim. It's okay. We like it better anyways. <laughs> That's what I want to say all the time. <laughs> um, but anyhow, all of it's been very surreal, but I, I kind of want to go back to high school mm -hmm. when, um, you know, his high school team was always very good. Um, and, you know, played postseason, deep into some postseason. But um, that last week in his senior year, kind of thinking about this could be it. Because, you know, no, I knew Wake Tech, I guess, was going to happen for him. But just knowing that things were coming to an end, I was so depressed. I didn't go to, to work for days. I just stayed <laughs> home and, you know, looked at pictures and videos and never wanting baseball to end. And then, you know, at Wake Tech, thankfully, UNCW happened so he could keep playing. And then when the draft happened, it was, you know, thank goodness, he's going to keep playing. We get to keep playing. <laughs> I get to go to ball games. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yes, there was some relief and there was some, this is incredible. And how did this happen? And just all of it was unexpected, but very hoped for. Couldn't be any more proud of him and hope it lasts a good long time. Yeah. I think we all are, are definitely rooting for him, but like, so he gets drafted. He ends up the first time I actually end up meeting him is at Inland Empire 66ers, the at the time the high uh, affiliate of the Angels. He's an all star there. He has a really great year. 
you know, but this is like kind of his first taste of, you know, getting moved up the system. You know, how did he adapt to that? How did he do with the competition? Was he at all worried about the competition or was he, like you said, so competitive that he didn't worry about the other guys out there? He was just going to compete, like you say. Yeah, Austin is a man of few words. Yeah. <laughs> um, even growing up, um, Keely was, you've met Keely, so yeah. <laughs> mentioning your name and you know how. Um, <laughs> she, she is very vocal. Um, and Austin was in that shadow of her vocalness. <laughs> so people for years says, you know, would say, ask me, does he talk? You know, <laughs> does he? I'm like, oh yeah, he talks all the time. He just doesn't talk in public. Moving up and, and, and getting there, I, you know, Austin, I guess that saying, never let them see you sweat. If he was worried or um, taken back by others that may have been bigger, better, stronger, $6 million men. Right. <laughs> um, and I don't mean that by, <laughs> by <laughs> contracts, um, just their size and their skills. But he never appeared. Um, he would never let on, you know, to any of us that he was taken back. And, and what I was saying about creating relationships with guys, you know, he's obviously been with Wance at every level. Wance was drafted in the round right after Austin. And you know, living here in North Carolina, they never knew each other or played against each other either. Um, but going out to Orem first. Yes. Um, you know, the living and the way you live in the minor leagues, it's everything right. that you've ever read. Right. Mm -hmm. Now it being more public now, people have a really good idea about, the, you yeah. know, not just the angels, but I think that's just an issue. Oh, minor yeah. league, minor league wide. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But in, in Orem, they did have some host families and he was in a, a, a apartment above a garage with four guys that I don't think any of them are with the angels anymore. And then Wentz went to um, Burlington and Austin went two nights later and they still didn't live with each other there due to host <laughs> families. But then by the next year when they both um, had their first spring training and they went to San Bernardino. Right. In the Empire. Yep. Yeah. And that started with like eight or nine of them in a two or three, Three, I want to say it was just two bedrooms, um, unfurnished apartment or condo. And um, San Bernardino, uh, the 66ers had a little booster club that helped them all get a mattress and a chair that they used as a nightstand. Um, so he came across some really good guys, Wance and others, that they all lived together and you know push each other to succeed. And then uh, went off to... See, and see that's the thing too like after that year in san Bernardino, i believe was the 2020 season which there was no minor league season at all because of the COVID situation yeah in 2019 in 2018 he was in orem and burlington right that was his draft year 2019 yeah. was inland empire and mobile and mobile right and and the next year, 2020, with everything shut down, yeah. how how was he like? Because he didn't, from what I remember, he didn't go to Long Beach in the alternate site. Not at so all. He, so, how how was he? Was he was he worried at all? Like, I'm not playing baseball for a full year. That was probably the first time he hadn't played baseball in a full year since 
before he can walk. Right. You know what I mean? So was he worried at all about, you know, this maybe hindering a little bit of his development or how did he handle that 2020 uh, non-season, I guess you can say? Well, when he was drafted at Wilmington, he still had like four classes, I believe, five classes before he graduated. So he did not have his degree when he went off to baseball. And um, so 2020, when he came back from spring training, we kind of kept an eye on thing and, you know, a lot of emails. And then when we realized it didn't happen, it wasn't going to happen. I, I said to him, you know, this would be a great time to get that degree finished. So he went right back to Wilmington. And uh, thankfully, UNCW, they call them their pro hawks. You know, they're the Seahawks, <laughs> yeah. UNCW Seahawks, but they call the guys drafted the pro hawks. So people like Ryan Jeffers were back and Mackenzie Gore does his offseason training there. Oh, nice. Yeah, he, he knows Mackenzie well. Um, but they all come, they all came back to Wilmington, whether for classes like Austin or just to use the facilities and, you know, worked out, pushed themselves, um, didn't miss a beat as far as conditioning and throwing programs. Um, and thankfully it gave him the chance to finish the finish degree. degree. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He got that done. And then, um, you know, 2020 was, I mean, 2021 2021 um, came fast and he got a not an invite to spring training but he got you know after that initial group went that's when he got the call to come yeah. out and he did that jick just in case yeah. he out <laughs> a lot of games and then, right. um, um, the team went off and then they had that extended didn't they have an extended spring training for the Angels? For the 2021 season, yeah. they had – oh, I'm trying to think. I know 2020, they had like the, the camp, the summer camp 2021. I think it was extended for minor leaguers. I think once the major guys left to start their yeah, season, the minor yeah. leagues came in, and they had like a longer – spring training, but it was just the minor league guys, the majors, yeah. major league guys have already gone to start their season. Yeah, that was it. So he, when the major team left, he moved out of their locker room over into the minor side of the <laughs> house and uh, finished that spring training. And then of course went to Salt Lake city. Salt Lake city. I actually ran into him one game, made a road trip out there to Vegas uh, to see him play against the aviators. And not too much longer after that, just by coincidence, July 28th, 2021, he gets the call. Let me talk about our next sponsor, ColorCast. ColorCast is a live, audio-only sports talk platform, free to download and free to use. Talk to fans, athletes, and interact in real time. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. All you need to do is download the ColorCast app free in the ios app store create a profile and link your twitter that's all come with your spectacular takes let me talk about athletic greens real quick i take athletic greens it is something that i take every morning and guess what it's easy to drink which for me that's number one it's not like all your other vitamin powders that have that real earthy taste to it this is very easy to drink which makes it easy for me to take every day all it takes is a single scoop and water every day, cold water. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is gonna give you a full year supply for free. 
with your first purchase. That's immune supporting vitamin D and five travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take your ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. So what was your call like when he found out that, hey, I'm going to Anaheim? Um, it came at 1.48 a.m. I had fallen asleep in the bed with two iPads because I always watch the bees. <laughs> and I had one with the game on and one with the game cast stuff, whatever, so I could see what was happening. And I did fall asleep that night. Um, which was rare. I usually wouldn't, I would finish the game and send that text, you know, every night, you know, so-and-so looked great. Good for so-and-so, you know, good win, <laughs> you know, bad loss, whatever my message was. But that night I fell asleep. So when the phone rang at 1.48, you know, it's pitch black. I, I remember not even opening my eyes and just reaching for it quickly to get it before it had too many rings. And it was him on the other end, you know, when I gave the hello. <laughs> he was like, Mom, I got the call. I'm going to LA. And by that time, I had kicked off the covers and slipped inside <laughs> the, the bed and gave some ugly scream like it was a bad news kind of call. Right. And, and quickly told Mike, you know, it's Austin. He got the call. He's going to LA. So he wouldn't worry about why I just made the Screamed. noise I made, yeah. I made. And then, um, you know, just came out here to the this room so Mike could fall back asleep and talked for a few minutes and you know what how what where blah, blah, blah. and he said you know all, all right you know let me go you know I said well you know call your dad call your dad <laughs> um, so anyhow that was it and um there had to be some kind of excitement in 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 his voice though because you you mentioned that he's oh, kind yeah. of a cool customer not doesn't like him see him sweat but there had to be some kind of like genuine oh, kind of like yeah. oh my god oh my god oh my god in his voice yeah for the first time in a long time yeah he, he you could tell he was stoked <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it, it was a great phone call I, i'll never forget it i can replay it over and over um but yeah that was a good call and then of course i was up the rest of the night trying to organize it for people that don't know, you guys live in North Carolina. Now you're now you have to worry about getting a cross country flight all the way across the country, all the way to all the way to Anaheim, mm -hmm. and, and and be able to possibly see him, you know, pitch on his debut day. So, yeah, how many phone calls went out? Who did you have to wake up to say, "Hey, we are getting this ball rolling to, to get out to the West Coast"? Well, I tried. You know, I wanted to call everybody I know. <laughs> and I actually didn't call anybody until the phone calls started coming to me. Um, his dad called at like 3.15 and said, you know, Sherry and I are sitting here celebrating and uh, can't understand why you haven't called me yet. <laughs> I said, I don't know. I, said, I just, I don't know what to think. I said, I'm worried about Trinity, which is Austin's girlfriend. And she's a labor and delivery nurse and she works the night shift and she goes in at six in the evening and doesn't get off till seven the next morning. And I had said before I hung up with Austin, you know, also, you know, call your dad and, you know, tell Trinity to call me after you talk to her. So I, you know, three fifteen, I still hadn't heard from Trinity, but I'm, you know, talking to Marty and I uh, said, you know, he said, what do I need to do? I said, you need to call 
you know, American Airlines, Delta, whoever, and tell them where you are. You're in Fayetteville, North Carolina, and you need to be in LA by tonight at, you know, 5.30. And, uh, you know, gave him a little coaching on what to do and then hang up. And then the next text message came from his high school coach, who, who you met. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, he said, um, wow. That's all he said. Wow. <laughs> and I knew Marty had started calling people and telling people because I wasn't going to say a word. <laughs> also didn't say, don't say anything, but I just, you know, he knows if anything's going to be said, it's probably going to be. <laughs> he knows where it's coming from. <laughs> because he didn't, you know, say anything. I still just wasn't going to be the one to do it, especially in the middle of the night. You know, who are you going to start calling? But Marty, <laughs> Austin's dad, did start telling people. So I wrote back, you know, yeah, it's crazy. And then he called and he said, I'm going. I said, you are. And he said, yes. He said, what do I do? So I gave him the same, you know, call an airline, tell them where you are, where you need to be. I said, I, I'm actually looking at flights for Trinity. I'm trying to get her on one right here out of Fayetteville, but I'm waiting to hear from her. But anyhow, worked out a flight for them. I decided to drive to Raleigh in case I couldn't get on a flight. You know, Raleigh, I'd have more airlines to run to the next gate and, you know, buy a last Try, second. Yeah. yeah. So um, Marty called me right before I was boarding in Raleigh and he said, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to go, you know, I, you know, I don't even have a suitcase. <laughs> Marty Warren, <laughs> your son <laughs> is going to be a major league. going to be in a major league ball game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. He showed up I and mean, he got there by seventh inning. So it's a good thing Austin didn't have any appearance that first night, but it was crazy. It was, you know, that my brother, I finally, I had to go into work too. I, I um, had to go in and turn in a report to our state department and it was on my desktop at work. So <laughs> I got in there at five and turned on the lights to the building and, my computer quickly submitted that report and got out in the car, realized, you know, 5.30, my brother should be awake by now. So I called him and told him. And by the time I got back home in my driveway, like eight minutes later, he was calling me back to say, I'm going. Nice. <laughs> I got to work and told him, you know, my nephew just got called up. And they his work, his place of employment even helped him arrange his tickets. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it, it all came together nicely. It, it did. And, you know, I was lucky enough, you know, after I heard the news that Austin was going to get, you know, called up that that night, you know, um, lucky for me, I don't have to worry about a, a plane ticket right. to get to the stadium. But no, but it was great because me and my wife both went out there to see that that first day, got to see you, got to see the family and everybody. And this, the support system was, that was, was a awesome. Little overwhelming. Um, <laughs> You know, like you mentioned, we unfortunately, that first game where the, he dressed out, that he didn't night get in the game. Had come but you guys didn't have to wait long that because that was. very next mm-hmm. night, and by the uh, next got night, in, and you um, obviously the young lady being interviewed the as he was had a um, huge crowd. I mean, I by then it was and a, I, I, you, you became Thursday like Thursday the team mom. So you know, the crowd was just much bigger for a little while there. How was that? How was that experience being interviewed on? On live TV the while your son we were all doing. is making, we you know, quickly, so. history and becoming <laughs> an actual major league it, ball player. Now he's Austin actually in the game. In. So when the pitcher before Austin started to struggle a little, you know, everybody up in that section 210 was, you know, hollering for Austin to come in. You know, bring him in. Even at once hollered at the, um, you know, toward the pitcher. 
you know, walk him, walk him. Just hit him. And, you know, we could see Austin's name show up, you know, to be warming up. And that's when I noticed cameras, you know, those televisions that hang. I could see myself a lot (laughs) and it started to get really, really nervous then. So nervous that I had no idea when he came in that bases were loaded. Yeah, he came in in a tough situation. Tough situation. No idea whatsoever. So when he got that first out, made that play at first with um, Wash, and you know, inning over, I remember turning to Keeley, you know, going, "Oh my gosh, there were two outs!" (laughs) Yes, and bases loaded. I, I just had no idea, and and of course, I think by the time the the cameras showed up when we came up to bat, you know, mm-hmm. the cameras are in your face. And then, um, help me with the name. Jose Moda. Jose Moda mm-hmm. shows up right beside me. And, you know, then that very first question when he asked, I, I can't remember his question, but I just wasn't prepared to answer anything. This is as loud as I've been in any ballpark this season here at the Big A. Mother Alana, Austin Warren's mom, making these debut in the big leagues. Father Marty, who played professional baseball, correct? Yes. I'm also a former White Sox. Yes. Hey, by the way, the moment, can you describe to me what's going on with you guys right now at this moment? You really want to know. I do want to know. This is Everybody very, wants to know. This is very surreal. We have... You know, you dream about this. All right, baby, stop that. And (laughs) (laughs) also a sister's here. I've known this day would happen since I was a little girl, but I never imagined that I'd have to fly in from Athens, Greece, to be here tonight. Little boys dream of, and their mothers want nothing, and fathers, nothing more, and sisters. This this girl right here. Said, oh, you would really like to know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> say something. Say something. Say something. Um, so, anyhow, um, crazy. Can I say it again? Surreal, <laughs> very surreal night. He um, he was great. You know, such a great feeling and. Um, everybody up there so excited. And the funny thing is, too, um, when Austin was out in the bullpen prior to the game and Otani came up to bat, and, you know, everybody, every cell phone comes out when Otani comes up to bat, including Austin's high school coach and my brother. Oh, yeah, any baseball fan, any baseball fan in general, yep. And um, they, the Sam, his high school coach, gets a message from another local coach in Fayetteville with a picture of Austin in the bullpen. But Sam sees it, but he's got his camera on Otani, so um, he doesn't answer it. And in his mind, he said, I just figured he got that picture off of Austin on television or something. So the coach keeps calling Sam, but he's ignoring the call. So he finally, when um, Otani finished batting, Sam takes a picture of Austin in the bullpen from a distance and you know, sends it back to that coach. And Sam says, I'm here in California. And the coach said, I'm here. I'm at this <laughs> game. I'm trying to find, you know, you're here. Where are you? What section? So, right. 
he was out there coaching uh, some girls that were out there playing in the softball tournaments and they were all there. So we ended up having a nice crowd. Yeah, you did. Um, I remember seeing that on television. Yeah. You had a very nice crowd there for support. And then even too, you know, he gets out of the inning, he comes out for the next inning, he has a strikeout. He, he has a clean, another clean inning. And then, you know, after the game, you guys got to go on the field and do the whole picture thing. How, how did that feel? Cause now it's like, it's that that part of the stress is over. He his, he did well. He did really well his first outing. Now you're actually on in Angel Stadium on the field taking a picture with him in his angel uniform, his you know professional uniform. How how was that? Exciting. <laughs> <laughs> All the people want you know stay, that stayed down there, moved down there to try to get his autograph and things. Um, back to Sam, the coach, and my brother. I think they captured every bit of it. You know with thousands of pictures on their cell phones and video. Um, and then of course the angels uh, PR type people were down there taking a lot of pictures. So I watch all of that quite often. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to look back at and go, Oh yeah, that was such a great night. And uh, you know, Austin just cool as a cucumber while the rest of us were falling apart. <laughs> Everyone's freaking out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I, I want to thank you. I mean, I said this to you before. I want to thank you for letting us kind of just be my wife, hang out with you guys that, that first night and and not only, you know, talking, but kind of also from, from a distance kind of seeing, you know, the excitement on your guys' face and just like, and your and your daughter coming in, you know, overnight from, from I believe what she was in Greece or, or, or somewhere. Yeah, and it's just to see a bunch of people come together not even close to where they live for, for something like that was, was a lot of, was awesome to see. And I, I, I want to thank you again for just letting, again, me and my wife just kind of be on the side of it, but at least being like, being able to see how that all worked out. Cause that was, that was a lot of fun to see that. And, and, and even too, for you guys, you mentioned some of the, the relationships he had, you have, uh, you, you talk about Andrew wants, he, he debuted that year. Mm-hmm. Brandon Marsh, he debuted that year. Joe Adele, um, he didn't debut, but he he spent a lot of time up there that year. So, you know, that had to be fun f- for you just to, I guess as a fan part of it, see like all these guys that my son is friends with also got to experience that same thing. Yes, that, that you know, having them there, you know, Brandon um, was still on the hotel when Austin showed up and of course, you know, Wance went back down for a little bit Yeah, <laughs> for Austin to come up. Yeah. They kind of switched places for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Lance. yeah. <laughs> um, but anyhow, having Brandon there, um, right there in the hotel was, was fat, fabulous because, you know, those Wance, Marsh and Austin are, are, um, all pretty tight. And- you see it now, you see it now. I mean, you see them when the, when, when the angels do their, like, entrance photos you know yeah. nine times out of ten you see the three of them together or maybe just austin and 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 brandon or, or whatever but yeah those guys are always by each other you can definitely yeah. tell yeah they, they've been living together or well together <laughs> they're all <laughs> under the same roof um last year this year um i think when austin got the double a brandon was um on the il or, mm-hmm. or in back at in Arizona, um, but they became real close in Fall League. Yeah, um, Arizona Fall League. Yeah, I remember going. That's actually the first time I met you was at right. Arizona Fall League, where at that point you were just you know a mom DMing Halo Haven on Instagram, and then I remember putting a picture out there saying, "Oh, on the way to Arizona." And then you like, "Oh my <laughs> God, I'm on a flight on the way there too." And we're like, and it was just kind of how it all how it all worked out. 
Yeah, when you approached me and said, are you Austin Warren's mother? I was like, oh, he's, he's made it. <laughs> and I've been recognized. <laughs> but just the, the, the ride, like I mentioned, Brandon, Austin, Andrew, all debuting in the same year, all had to be, you know, fun for you just to be like, these boys mean so much to my boy that they all yeah. got to experience everything. It couldn't, couldn't have happened to better people, you know, all of them, Marsh, Wance, Austin, Joe, you know, was there within no time of that as well. So to have them there was great, but you, you thanked me for, you know, sharing this with you and Courtney. And that's the best part about all of it. Just so many people are genuinely excited for Austin and our family. Um, and I just love sharing every bit of it. <laughs> That when they gave a um, his high school retired his jersey yeah, this last off season in January, and I um, we all had to get up and make a little speech, and I was the last one up after all the college coaches and the high school coaches and Keeley and uh, Marty, and I you know one of the first things out of my mouth is for those of you that know Austin best you know all this attention is mortifying him. <laughs> He is mortified by this because he does not like attention. Um, you know, I, I still put a lot of stuff on Facebook because everybody that I run into in the community says, you know, thank you for posting all of that. You know, things happen too late in California. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I kind of do a little recap. And that night of the um, intentional walk and the balk. And his yeah, track, the Texas. Uh, yep. Yeah, I, I kind of summarized it a little bit. And the next day he had to call me for something. And he said, and mom, you know, I'd already forgotten about the post. You know, I, I write it and go to bed. and That's the end of it. But he was like, mom, that was a little over the top. And I was like, what did I do? Because you're the mom. That's what you're supposed to be, though. He said, you know, showing the video where I got hit. And I said, Oh, I said, Austin, I said, you know, everybody wants to know this stuff. They thank me when I post this, but he just, he just wants to be one of the dudes. He wants to. Oh, mom, you're embarrassing me in front of my friends. Kind exactly. of. <laughs> this is why I don't tell you anything, <laughs> <laughs> but he, he's having the time of his life. That's you know, great. Living the dream. And, uh, you know that the what a great run the angels so far so good out. yeah definitely i mean seriously serious and he's part yeah. of that youth movement too like i mentioned you have you know austin you have brandon you have joe uh ward is stepping up he's you know fairly young walsh is young um it just yeah you have all these young guys coming up as an angel fan you know even before austin was part of the angels like their biggest thing was they didn't develop a lot of guys. They didn't, you know, there was always, they're risking it on free agency guys, bring coming them over and hopefully they're just as good as they were at the previous team. But now you're seeing, like I mentioned, Walsh, Fletcher, Joe, Brandon, Austin, Andrew, um, Ortega, like all these guys are now kind of like angel born and bred pretty much, you know, they, they drafted, they developed them and boom, here they are. So there's a lot more excitement with the fans this year than in previous years, because like, at least for me too, like wow, I saw these guys in Inland Empire. Or I talked to them when they're in Double A. It's like it's like more invested in it now, and, and for fans, you know, because they've been there for their whole career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. I'm happy Austin is a part of it, and I'm enjoying it. Obviously, 
and again, just sharing it with the community here. Um, it's good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alana, I want to I want to thank you again for your time. You mentioned it. Uh, you're on the East Coast. I'm on the West Coast. So, uh, staying up a little late with me to talk. Uh, I really, really appreciate the time. And again, uh, quick quick story. I don't think I ever told you this before, but you met my wife the very first time we went out there to Anaheim when Austin was there. And you being the kindest woman ever, you met me before. You gave me a hug. You gave my wife a hug. And after the game, she's like, oh, my gosh, she's so nice. She gave me the biggest hug. And I don't even know her. And she was just like, she is so sweet. So she, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for just, you know, okay, you're always, yeah, come on over, sit over here. And just that's that's awesome. I want to thank you so much. Well, thank you. Thank you for for following Austin and 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 uh the cute interview <laughs> um that you did a few years back with Paul League but yeah that I I'm that's me so I'm glad Courtney was pleased by that and I will hug her neck next time <laughs> I'll see her and yours and, and anybody else that wants to there come you go. and hang out in, in near me or whatever at the ball field. So there all season Yep, fingers crossed. That's that's the, that's the life of the reliever. You never know what's going to happen. But you know, the way the season works and how relievers are, if you get sent down AAA, you're probably not going to be there for long, just because there's a constant. You know, one guy had to throw three innings the night before, so they're probably going to send him down and bring someone up with a fresh arm. It's just kind of how that what they call the carousel mm -hmm. works with relievers is like because right. you, you work and exactly. So, but. I'm sure if Austin ever gets sent down, he won't be there long and he'll be back in Anaheim because now it seems like the, the fans love him. The coaching staffs love him and he's, he's performed. And I think that's the biggest thing. So I definitely, definitely see him with the angels and obviously uh, pitching for them out of the bullpen. This, this, you know, hopefully this long, long season uh, deep into October, you know, as angel fans hope for this year, because like you mentioned off to a good start. Can't ask for, can't ask for anything better than that. That's right. So no Alana, yeah. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Alana, very, very much. And again, I oh. want to wish you an, uh, a happy Mother's Day. Thank you. I, I will be watching the Angels from afar. Um, they play at home that day, and I just I can't make it out there that weekend. But I'll be watching. And tonight go. is an off. They've already played today. Thirty. Yep. So this is usually about the time they're starting. Mm -hmm. There you go. And you go to bed early now. I go to bed early. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good to talk right. with you. And I'm sure we'll be chatting again soon. And I want to thank Alana again for taking time out. She's on the East Coast. I'm on the West Coast. I work a regular pretty much nine to five. So for her to stay up and talk to me uh, about this was really appreciated. But like I said, she's she's a great woman and, and she's always very warm and opening to obviously not only myself, but my wife when we went and met her a couple of times last year at Angel Stadium and then this year at Angel Stadium. And hopefully uh, there'll be more trips where they come back west and check out Angels baseball. Obviously, Austin had a little setback on Tuesday getting a uh, BP ball that hit him in the nose. I believe he has a nasal fracture, but I think it's safe to say whenever he does get healthy, he will be right back on the mound in the bullpen for the Angels. He's had a really great start to his MLB career. And it's been, like I mentioned before, it's been a lot of fun to watch him develop through the minors, uh, you know, AAA Salt Lake, and then making his debut last year with the Angels. And hopefully he's a guy that can develop and 
maybe get the you know torch passed to him in a couple of years to be the closer or be a serious eighth inning type of uh, stopper in the Angels bullpen. But he has great guys to learn from the, the guys that they picked up this year. Uh, Bar- uh, Arch- Archie Bradley, Iglesias, Loop. There's a bunch of guys out there that are veterans that have done it before. So I definitely think he's in good hands, at, you know, taking advice from those guys. So again, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Hope you enjoy this uh, interview and we'll be back on Monday morning to talk about the Washington National Series. So again, if you have any comments, questions, or anything like that, you can always email us at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. That is allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Or DM us on our social media feed. That is Halo underscore Haven, both on Instagram and on Twitter. So I am your host, Dan Garcia, and this has been another edition of the All Angels Podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? more confident, capable surgeons, and even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.